You'd give us the ability to understand how to truly thrive in Jesus. So would you bless this time as we study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, go ahead and open your Bible to John 15. John 15. I'm going to pick it up at verse 1. And as you're turning there, in this passage, Jesus is using an, an analogy, an illustration of a vine and branches to help us understand what it means to truly thrive in life. John 15, starting at verse 1. John 15, starting at verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. That word vine dresser just means grape farmer. So I'm the vine, my Father's the grape farmer. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You all are already clean or pruned because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide or remain in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides, remains connected to the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides stays connected to me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned but if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. So remain, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So there's three simple truths uh, that we need to understand today in order to abide. The first one is that Jesus is the vine. Second is that we are the branches. And the third one is that the Father is the farmer. So Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and the Father is the farmer. So first truth, Jesus is the true vine. In verse 1, Jesus says, he is the true vine. Everybody say, true vine. What does it mean that Jesus is the true vine? Well, the word true here simply means authentic. It means the real deal, the genuine one. A vine is kind of the trunk of a a grape plant. And it means it's the source. The, The trunk is the source of life for all the branches. What Jesus is saying is he is the true, authentic, real deal, source of life. There's no other source for life than Jesus. Jesus actually said in John 10, 10, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. He's the only one who died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. 
He's the only one that rose from the dead so that we could have eternal life. There is no other name given under heaven whereby men may be saved except the name of Jesus. Paul tells us in Jesus is every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and he promises, Jesus promises to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine. Jesus is the true source of life. He is the vine, the only thing that we're connected to that, that can give us life. Now it's interesting, if you, you go to a grape plant, or you may have done this with a tree, if, if you break a branch off a, a grapevine or a tree, what happens? Sap starts to ooze out of it. Do you know why sap starts to ooze out of it? The sap is actually under pressure inside of the vine. It's pushing life into the branches. Branches don't suck life out of the vine. All right? So if your life sucks, you're probably not connected to Jesus. All right? Because if you're connected to Jesus, he's pushing life into you. He's actually causing the branches to grow. He's pushing so much life, the vine pushes so much life into the branches that the fruit just pops out the ends of it. It can't help but bear fruit because of the life that the vine is pushing into the branches. And this is what Jesus is saying, that if you're connected to me, I will push my life into your life. I will push my love into your life. I'll push my joy into you. I'll push my peace into you. All you have to do is stay connected to me to get life, to get love, to get peace, to get joy. It's not something you have to work for. It just comes out of a connection with me. Jesus, yeah, you can clap about that. That's awesome. It takes all the stress, the strain, the worry out of life. Jesus wants to pump his life into you. So I want you to do something with me real quick. Just in your heart say, Jesus, fill me with your life. He's going to respond to that prayer and you're going to start to feel his life, his love, his peace, his joy start flowing into every fiber of your being. And that's why Jesus said in verse 5, without me, you can do nothing. Because he, without him, there's no source of life being pushed into you. Now, since there are, is a true vine, Jesus, it also means that there must be false vines. Make sense? If there's a true vine, there's also false vines. And a false vine is simply something that promises life, but just doesn't deliver. Anybody ever connect themselves to a false vine, something that promised you life, right? Whether it was a relationship, a, a career, an education, a paycheck, all these things that, that promise us life, but they just don't deliver. Jesus is the only true vine. Connection with him is the only way that we're really going to thrive in life. So the first truth is that Jesus is the vine, the second truth for us today is that we are the branches. Turn to someone next to you and look at them and say, you're a branch. All right. Look at someone different and say, you're a branch too. All right. 
So what does that mean that we are branches? It means simply that we are completely dependent on something else to give us life. A branch doesn't have any roots, it's got no source of, of itself, it's got to be connected to something else in order to get life. Now we already know that Jesus is the only true vine. He's the only thing that we can be connected to, so really we are totally dependent on Jesus for life. If you're not connected to him, you don't have life. Now Jesus in this passage talked about two kinds of branches. He talked about connected branches and disconnected branches. The first type of branch he talked about was connected. Branches that are abiding in him. They're receiving their life fully from Jesus. All their vitality comes from their connection to him. When you are connected to Jesus, you are going to thrive. When you are connected to Jesus you are going to thrive. The more you're connected, the more you're going to thrive in life. So the question is, how do we stay connected to Jesus? Jesus gives us three very simple things to do. First one, stay in his word. Just stay in his word. And you're going to notice that the three things that keep us connected are the, the areas that the devil just pounds on us and tries to convince us that we're too busy for. Because if he can keep us from doing those things, he's going to cause us to wither up and shrivel up in our lives. So stay in his word. This is just daily reading, all right? Reflecting. And it's just simple as when you have your coffee in the morning, just open your Bible and just read a paragraph. If, if that's all you do, it's better than nothing. Just open your Bible as you're having your cup and read a verse and just reflect on it. Right, I figure what a, a grande coffee is going to take you, what, five minutes to guzzle? Right, if you want more time with Jesus, order it extra hot. Right? <laughs> and just as you're drinking your coffee, just spend some time reading the word. Right? Another thing you can do is, is listen to sermons uh, when you drive. Right? Instead of uh, listening to the news, uh, listen to, to God's good news. Uh, get some podcasts, download the Miles a Minute app. Uh, he'll give you 60 seconds that you can cause you to reflect on God's word. You can pick up a devotional book in the rock pile in our bookstore. Some of my favorites are Jesus Calling. It's just a great daily devotional, one page, simple. just kind of gets you started thinking about the things of God. Uh, my Utmost for His Highest is another great daily devotional. They sell them in our, in our bookstore. So the first thing, if we want to abide, stay connected to Jesus, is just to stay in his word. Second thing Jesus tells us is to obey his commands. And this is simply when you get up every day, ask God, what do you want me to do today? And then pause and let him speak. So often our prayer is, God, here's what I want you to do today. All right? Here's the things I need you to accomplish for me. And turn it around and just say, God, what do you want me to do today? Just have a wide open heart and let him speak to you. And when he tells you, do it. And you're going to find yourself connected with him in a greater way. 
Second, another thing you can do to find out what God wants you to do to obey his commands is take our life class. I don't know if you know about our life class. You should know about our life class. It's our membership class here, but it's also in week two, you take six different assessments and you discover how God designed you to function in life. It's an amazing class that you go through and and you discover in, in two short hours how God designed you to function in life and what he wants you to do with your life. That class starts every second Sunday of every month. We offer it here at the church every month, second Sunday. If you haven't taken that, sign up for it, sdrock.com slash life class. Start taking that. Find out what God designed you to do. So stay in his word, obey his commands, and then the third thing is continue in his love. Continue in his love. And this is just about confessing sin Confessing your sin to him when you mess up. Anybody mess up this week? When my kids do something wrong, I know immediately, not because, you know, sometimes it's that crash or something's on fire, you know, and you know immediately, okay, they're up to something. Other times it's just that they keep their distance. And you know there's something between us, and once they come and say, Dad, I did this, I can forgive them, and it brings us back together. This is why we confess our sin to God. When we fall short, when we do things we know we shouldn't do, we want to get in that habit of coming to him immediately and saying, Jesus, forgive me, so I can stay in his love. And then finding that time just to sit with him. I sat on my deck, uh, kid, Nan and the kids were, were away, and I just sat out there in the sunshine and just said, I'm just going to sit and chill with Jesus. I actually kind of cooked with Jesus, but... Just sit and relax with Jesus and just spend time in his presence. All right, Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. So that's how we stay connected to Jesus. It's really not rocket science. It's just simple. Stay in his word, obey his commands, and continue in his love. And you will start to thrive in your life. You'll feel the life of Jesus starting to press into your life. What's the benefit of staying connected to Jesus? Well, Jesus said that a result of that would be that we would start to bear much fruit. Now, I want you to think about this. We talked about the the vines pushing life into the branches. This takes all the stress out of bearing fruit. I grew up in in Vista in North County. Shout out to my North County family up there. Uh, We had lots of, we had apricot trees, avocado trees, lots of fruit trees on our property. And I never saw a stressed out straining tree. You don't walk by the apricot tree and have it going, going, bink, right? Trees just don't stress, branches don't strain to bear fruit. It's just a natural product, byproduct of being connected to a healthy trunk. Same thing for us. When we're connected, well connected to Jesus, there's no way to not bear fruit. It's not something you have to try to do. It's just going to start to happen. And then the second thing is that our lives are going to overflow with love and joy. How many of you, Jesus said your, your joy would be full. How many of you need more joy in life? And sometimes I feel like I'm going, I'm stopping by the joy gas station. I'm only putting in a gallon, right? And I'm, you know, and I'm looking for that next thing to, to get some joy in my tank. Jesus said, I want to fill your tank. If you'll abide in me, I'll give you a joy that's overflowing. 
Now I want to introduce you to some uh, connected branches that are bearing fruit. This past week we had uh, our Camp Rock here at the church. Hundreds of kids came and they had this goal uh, they were studying the um, fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And they decided that they would have this goal of raising money, $2,800 for the orphans in Haiti to buy a generator to help our orphanage in Haiti. And so here's some pictures of some of the kids that are bringing their pennies, their nickels, their dimes uh, every day to help provide this generator and you can see the joy on their faces right they're starting to overflow with joy this girl brought in she didn't her little jar was too small she brought in over a hundred dollars and change all right they raised over and they had a goal of twenty eight hundred dollars they raised over four thousand dollars for the orphanage in Haiti to help kids like Milan. Milan's mother died of AIDS and her dad abandoned her. This was her when we first got her. Here's her after after three months with us in the the orphanage. (laughs) Daniel, Miles has talked about Daniel before. They found him abandoned and lifeless on a trash heap. And here's, here's Daniel three months later. Sarah's our our newest abandoned baby. Uh, Her mom died giving birth to her. Her 16-year-old sister was trying to take care of her. And the only way she could take care of her was through prostitution. Couldn't keep both up and finally abandoned Sarah. And here's Sarah uh, now with us. She was only, that first picture you saw, she was only eight pounds. She was eight months old and only weighed eight pounds. When she came to us. And so these kids, these Camp Rock kids, are, they're, they're in the word, they're abiding, they're connected to Jesus, and their heart is to start bearing fruit. And so I said, Let, what can we do to help other kids that don't have the advantages that we do? It's just that simple. It's just that simple. That we can do the same thing as the kids at Camp Rock, just abiding in Jesus bearing fruit and having the joy of doing something significant with our lives. You know, we've taken in over 23 kids so far in our orphanage in Haiti. According to the Director of Social Services, we now have the best-run orphanage in all of Haiti. So, Rock Church, you have the best-run orphanage in all of Haiti. And they're begging us to to bring in more kids. Uh, We want to take in 100-plus kids Uh, We want to buy some land. In fact, I'm going to Haiti next week to look at three pieces of property to hopefully buy one so we can start, we can build an orphanage, a community, take in a hundred more kids, build a super kitchen that'll allow us to feed a thousand kids a day, uh, start a church and a school and raise up a new generation that will transform that country through Jesus. And, uh, you know, we've raised about $80,000 so far. We need to raise a lot more. People always ask me, how can we help? If you want to help, just go to our website, sdrock.com forward slash give, and you'll see a little link for Haiti there in the bottom right, uh, and that's how you can participate in that if you want to. So that's the first type of branch, a connected branch that's abiding, thriving in Jesus. 
The second type of branch is a disconnected and dead branch. There's no real vital connection to Jesus. They're looking to maybe something else, money, relationships, a career, education, success to give them a sense of purpose in life. You know, some people even look to the church to be the vine. They think that by coming to church, I'll start to thrive. The church can't be your vine. Bible doesn't say that the church came to give you life and life more abundantly. Jesus came to give you life, life more abundantly. And Jesus gives us some characteristics of what disconnected dead branches look like. He said they're in the world instead of in the word. Their minds more filled with media, entertainment, the, the thoughts of the world than they are the scriptures. They obey their own selfish desires instead of Jesus' commands. And they don't bear any fruit. No one is benefiting from their life. And as a result, they get taken away and cast out by the Father. They wither up and they dry out. There's no joy overflowing in their life. And they're finally gathered and thrown into the fire, speaking of eternal judgment. So the first truth, Jesus is the vine. Second truth, we are the branches. And you've got to decide, what kind of a branch am I? Am I connected to Jesus Am I nurturing that connection so that I'm thriving? Or am I disconnected and need to get connected to him today? And then our third and our final truth uh, this morning is that the father is the farmer. Say the father is the farmer. Now, what does it mean for the father to be the farmer? It means that he's the one with the plan for the, the vine and the branches, right? He's not a gardener, right? Gardeners make things look nice. Farmers, what do farmers want? They want a crop, right? They, they, their whole livelihood is, is based on getting fruit or not. Uh, and so the father wants us, the, the, the vine, to produce the maximum fruit. The father, I want you to hear this, the father is committed to helping you thrive. Thriving isn't your work, your effort. It's the Father's effort. It's the Father's effort through his son Jesus that makes your life thrive. If you feel like you've got to produce a great life, you're missing the point. The Father is the farmer. He's committed to helping you thrive. And so he does two things to help us thrive. Jesus tells us he prunes and he takes away. So let's talk about the first thing. He prunes fruitful branches. Now this was interesting. As I was praying and about this passage, and I was like having some doubts on Friday. Lord, is this really the, the right passage? Nan and I went to the fair. And uh, around lunchtime, I went and I got this massive, I think it was like 22-pound sausage. Just smothered with sautéed onions and bell peppers and even the, the bun they sautéed in butter. They had to be like 10,000 calories. And I'm looking for somewhere to sit and we wander into the garden area. If you're ever looking for a quiet place to sit at the fair, go to the garden area. There's all kinds of seating. And so we found a table and there's this guy having this, this conversation, this Q&A. And his topic is how to prune vine branches. What are the odds, right? 
And so I'm listening to him and he's talking. Here's the process. And he says the, the most important thing to understand to get good grapes is constant pruning. Because as, it, as the branches grow, they grow fast. If they grow too long, if they grow beyond seven clusters, the sugar in, in the, that the vine's producing won't fill the grapes and you lose the sweetness. And this is what the Father is constantly doing in our life. He's trimming off the excess, things that keep us from really being fruitful that keep us from reaching our potential, that keep us from, gen from truly thriving. And so there are some things that as we think about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the things that God wants coming out of our lives, the Father is always looking to trim away the things that keep that fruit from growing in our life. And so he's gonna trim away hatred and animosity and bitterness in our life that keeps us from experiencing his love. He's gonna trim away sorrow and depression that keep us from experiencing joy. He's gonna trim away the worry, the fear, the stress that keep us from experiencing his peace. He's gonna trim away, prune away impatience, irritation, frustration that keep us from experiencing his patience. And that's one of the areas I'm always saying, Jesus, would you please, with my kids, trim away my impatience, all right? Trim away my frustration at this moment. I wanna bear fruit of patience with my kids. He prunes away selfishness and unforgiveness that keeps us from being kind. He trims away the immorality, the evil, the corruption that keeps us from goodness. He trims away the inconsistency and dishonesty that keeps us from being faithful. He prunes our hard-heartedness, anger, harshness that keeps us from being gentle. And he prunes away the self-indulgence in our life that keeps us from self-control. Do you have any, you noticing any little shoots that need to be trimmed away in your life? Anybody need to be pruned? You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, anybody need to be pruned to, to bear more fruit? This is where we, we, we stop and we say, Father, would you please prune this area of my life? Would you please take away my anger? Would you please take away my worry and fear? Would you please prune away some of this stress so that I can flow and live in your peace? The Father loves you. And he wants you to, to grow in the fruit of his spirit in your life. So we, he's going to prune away, gently convict us through his word. And, and maybe this morning you're being convicted and God's saying, yep, I'm talking to you. That's, that's not the person next to you, I'm talking to you. Right? And sometimes you're, you know, your spouse nudges you like, yes, he's talking to you. Right? You nudge her back and say, or him back and say, he's talking to you too. Right? So he prunes us. The second thing he does is he takes away unfruitful branches. Now, what does that mean? This was interesting. This is something I thought was interesting. I learned at the fair. Right? Didn't just get a great lunch, I got an education. The, a, a farmer, a great farmer, also cuts off unfruitful branches. There are branches that, that spring up that don't have any grape clusters on them, no buds on them. 
because they block the sunlight to the other branches. And that keeps the leaves of the fruitful branches from getting the sunlight they need to produce great fruit. And so the, the gardener, the farmer, is going to cut away unfruitful branches that are shading the other fruitful branches. This could be, you could have thing, relationships in your life that are shading the light of God's love and keeping you from bearing the fruit that God wants you to bear. And so God's going to cut away certain relationships. You're like, but I loved him. Oh, but he was keeping you from bearing fruit. He was just a dead branch and God did you a favor by ending that relationship so that you could bear more fruit. Some of you need to, you've got relationships in your life and you need to say, Lord, please take him away. Lord, please take her away. All right, you know they're no good for you. And Father wants you to bear fruit and not have them shading, blocking the light of his love in your life. So what's the application for us today? What's the application? First application is if you're not connected to Jesus today, I want to encourage you to get connected to him. And this is simply by believing that Jesus is the only true source of life. That he loves you, died on the cross to forgive you of your sins, rose from the grave on the third day so that you could have eternal life. And then asking God, God, would you please forgive me and graft me into Jesus? I need to be connected to Jesus today. And then to, to, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer and ask God to connect you to Jesus and then to come forward as a declaration of that commitment to him that, yes, I'm now a part of the vine. And that's how you get connected to Jesus. So first application, get connected to Jesus. Second application, if you're connected, stay connected. Stay connected. Ask uh, for guidance and forgiveness every day. Just talk to God. Ask him, God, forgive me. God, guide me. Read your Bible. Uh, listen to sermons. Get a, a devotional. Have that intimacy with Jesus, that quiet time, that confession time with him. And then just do his will. As he speaks to you, just say, God, what do you want me to do? I want to do it. And then engage in ministry, engage in fruit bearing. So get connected to Jesus, stay connected to Jesus. And then the third is respond to the Father's pruning. There are some of you that, that have gone a little wild, Christians gone wild. And you need a little pruning in your life. It's time to, to respond to what the Father's wanting to do and if God's convicting you in an area of your life today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that as well. To pray and say, God, would you please remove this? You're the farmer. I'm the branch. Would you please clean up this area of my life so I can start to bear more fruit? As he convicts, confess it. Repent. Come forward for prayer. The Bible says if anyone uh, sins, pray for one another that God would forgive you 
right? And the prayer of a righteous person makes your life whole again. So if it's offered in faith, I want to encourage you to come forward uh, to get prayer at the altar as well. So let's go ahead and pray and let's apply this to our lives today. So first, if you're here this morning and you know that you're disconnected from Jesus, I want you to simply pray this prayer in the privacy of your heart. Say, dear God, I believe that Jesus is the only source of life. I believe that he died on the cross to forgive me of my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day. And I pray that you would forgive me of all of my sins. I want to be connected to Jesus. I want his life to flow into me. I want to bear the fruit of his love flowing through every part of my being. And secondly, if you're here this morning and you're connected to Jesus, but your life's gotten a little out of control lately, you're not sensing that vital connection with him, and you need some areas of your life pruned, In the privacy of your heart, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I believe that you're the farmer. I believe that you want me to thrive and bear fruit. But honestly, I'm dry. I'm not bearing much fruit. Would you start to prune me? Would you remove these areas of struggle from my life? I can't do it on my own. I need your help. In a moment, I'm going to ask those of you that prayed either one of those prayers. With every head bowed, eye closed, I'm going to ask you in a minute to stand to your feet acknowledging the decision that you've made today. Standing and and coming to the altar is an important step because it makes it, it seals it in our heart. It doesn't hide it anymore. One of the things the devil loves to do is get us to hide the true state of our lives. Jesus said, if you walk in light, you'll have fellowship with me. If you've been disconnected from the vine one of the most important things to do is to put that into the light make a commitment a fresh start come forward and say Jesus I want a fresh start with you so if you prayed one of those prayers to get connected to Jesus or asking the father to prune an area of your life I want you to stand to your feet right now as an acknowledgement of that decision just go ahead and stand to your feet right now God bless you God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.